It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Friday edition of the show. I hope you guys are all doing well, having a great day out there, wherever you're listening in from. A lot to get to on a Friday. We're going to preview BYU and San Diego State in football, BYU and Utah in basketball, and of course, we'll catch you up on everything else going on with the BYU Cougars, like we usually do. A reminder for you guys that today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at All Guard Pest Control, as well as our good friends at Built Go. We'll tell you a little bit more about both of those companies as today's podcast rolls on. All right, without further ado, let's get into it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 11th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars here. Make sure, if you haven't done so already, to follow or subscribe wherever you're listening in from, regardless of the podcast provider that you're listening in on. That way, you never miss an episode as we talk BYU sports every single day. Kicking off today's show on the football front, BYU, the number 18 ranked Cougars are hosting San Diego State on senior night tomorrow night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Looking forward to this game for BYU for various reasons. Obviously, this year is a unique year. 2020 doesn't need to have much of a recap put on it. All of us are living through this pandemic we've all been enduring. The football season has been up and down every which way it feels like. But BYU, I feel like in this game, speaking of the Cougars, has an opportunity to prove that they have built themselves into a team that wins consistently. And it goes back to a point I made earlier this week on the podcast, and that is that BYU needs to now avoid letting Coastal Carolina beat them twice. And what I mean by that is BYU suffered a, a awful defeat at Coastal Carolina last Saturday come up a yard short it kind of tears your heart out and now after losing your first game of the year BYU comes back home to Lavelle Edwards Stadium and now is trying to avoid a two-game skid to close out their regular season and we don't know the regular season is done quite yet because there's still another week to go in the regular season with conference championship weekend coming up a week from tomorrow but BYU needs to avoid what happened at the tail end of last year speaking of 2019 where it looked like they had an opportunity at an outside shot of a 10-win season, and all of a sudden they go and lost to San Diego State in San Diego, a 13-3 debacle that we don't need to recap in full detail here because it was just an awful, awful game. And then also finishing in the season with a disappointing loss in the bowl game to the University of Hawaii. It really put a damper on a season that at one point looked like it was really looking up for BYU. They had kind of broken through, it felt like, at points during the 2019 season. And I think many of us listening to this podcast, myself included, felt like this year the BYU football program proved that they had broken through. They're now a consistently winning program, we all kind of thought, as they went out and started this season at 9-0. They come up inches 
literally inches, what, and a, and a yard, 36 inches technically, away from a huge win over a ranked opponent. But now you know what? You have that loss. You're 9-1. You're ranked number 18 in the country. And if you want to prove to people, most BYU fans, but those, I think, in the bigger college football community around this country, well, you got to go out and beat San Diego State. You do that, I think many people are going to say, you know what? They battled hard. They played a fellow undefeated team, lost, and came up just a yard short of a thrilling win. This is a good football team. You go and lose to San Diego State, all of that goodwill goes out the window, I feel like. I feel like at that point, you're labeled really as a fraud, a front runner who beat up on a less than uh, we say stellar schedule a weak schedule if you will and be people will be more justified in saying that if you do lose to San Diego State so it is very important for BYU to make sure that they are on their toes as they push forward in this game coming up tomorrow evening weather could be a factor obviously with snow potentially in the forecast it's going to be cold there's no doubt about that and only a family of players and coaches of the BYU football program will be in attendance at this game so there won't necessarily be that much of a raucous atmosphere but looking forward to the game regardless let's give you a rundown of guys to keep an eye on from San Diego State this is a team that's still very much in the mold that uh, Rocky Long had built them in a power run team who likes to shove it down your throat until you say mercy not necessarily a big passing team As a whole, speaking of the Aztecs, passing-wise, they have played three different quarterbacks, started three different quarterbacks this year, and a grand total of 981 yards with a 54.7% completion percentage with five touchdowns and four interceptions between the three quarterbacks, Carson Baker, Lucas Johnson, and Jordan Brookshire. Brookshire figures to start for San Diego State in this game with Baker serving as his backup. Lucas Johnson sounds like he's a little more banged up coming into this game, but Carson Carson Baker was the hero of the game for San Diego State against BYU a year ago. Started this season, but has been benched due to some ineffective play. And if BYU is going to win this game, I feel like they need to force San Diego State to rely on their passing game. Greg Bell is the leading running back for San Diego State. He's averaging 506, excuse me, he's averaging 5.9 yards per carry. He's totaled 569 yards rushing on the season, has six touchdowns. Chance Bell and Jordan Burr his backfield running mates. Uh, Bell has 273 yards to his credit, while Bird has 222 yards. They have got a lot of good running backs. They've rushed for 1,426 yards on the season as a team, 13 touchdowns on the ground. As I said, they're going to try and clobber you in the run game. They obviously are going to look at the Coastal Carolina film and watch what the Chanticleers did in the run game against BYU and think, you know what? If Coastal Carolina can do this, we can do it too. It is a gut check time for this BYU defense. The Cougars have to go out there and shut down this San Diego State rushing attack. You do that, you force this game to be one on the arm of a guy like Jordan Brookshire or Carson Baker. You'll take those chances and rely on your past defense to get you that victory. 
This is a game that BYU needs to come out and say, you know what? We're not the finesse team that some people think we are. We can win games ugly. We can mix it up with you guys. Last week, I felt like BYU got intimidated a little bit against Coastal Carolina. In particular, the situation at the end of the first half uh, with Jeffrey Gunter and the cheap shot on Zach Wilson. Honestly, I felt like he got BYU a little bit intimidated. And in the second half of that game, you saw the, the team that was not intimidated win that game. BYU needs to prove that they are not intimidated by some of the tactics that may be deployed against them by San Diego State. Uh, Conversely, BYU's offense has a big opportunity in this game to really break out. They've been very good at home this year, and I feel like they have one of their biggest tests against one of the better defenses they're going to face all year long. Rocky Long's influence, like I said, is still there at San Diego State. I know that Brady Hoke is the head coach, Rocky Long now at New Mexico, as a defensive coordinator there, but this is very much a rocky long team. Uh, Brady Hoke, I think he's a middling coach. He's around a career 500 record as the head coach at San Diego State, and he's going to have to rely on his defense to slow down BYU. They have a lot of players who have made a lot of tackles all year long. They're led by their two safeties, Tariq Thompson and Dwayne Johnson. 37 tackles total for Thompson, while Johnson has 36 tackles. Caden McDonald, their leading sack artist on the year with four and a half sacks. He's also uh, tied for third on the team with 33 total tackles from his linebacker spot. This is a ferocious attacking defense, speaking of San Diego State. And And BYU offensively, they need to go out there and prove, you know what, we can pick up tough yards in situations we need to. We can attack downfield steal. I don't think BYU will have the services of either Gunnar Romney or Clark Barrington on that offense. Both of them left the game against Coastal Carolina with injuries. And losing both of them does hurt, but I think it gives opportunities to BYU to have other guys step up and really make an impact. I think a guy like Dax Milne, he's going to be the go-to receiver in this game. I felt like last week the tight ends got a little overlooked in the offense for BYU, so I would look for a guy like Isaac Rex without a guy like Gunnar Romney on the field to really see an uptick in the touches he gets. A guy like Mason Wake may see a few more touches. I think the other receivers on BYU's roster We'll be looking for more touches as well without Gunnar Romney on the field. Offensive line-wise, you want to see Kiefer Longson, who will fill in for Clark Barrington at left guard if Barrington is unable to play. You want to see him have a better game than he showed against Coastal Carolina. Kiefer is a former four-star prospect. He is a guy who is extremely highly thought of and I think is a guy that BYU fans have hoped would be a better player during his BYU career. Well, guess what? He has an opportunity in this game to go out and prove that he's got the capability of doing that. I could see some shuffling on this offensive line for BYU. I could see a kid like Blake Freeland uh, regain his starting spot from Chandon Herring at right tackle. Chandon didn't have a great game against Coastal Carolina. And if Coach Mateos, speaking of Eric Mateos, BYU's offensive line coach, if he wants to send a message to his guys, well, there's a really easy way to do it, and that is making sure that guys don't feel comfortable in the spots they're in. So, This is a very, very interesting game for BYU. Like I said, this is a prove-it game for BYU. Are you the hard-nosed team that rolled up a 9-0 record and looked every bit the the challenger for a New Year's Six Bowl slot that could play with anybody in the country? Or are you that paper tiger that some people think you are after that Coastal Carolina loss? 
I think tomorrow night's game will teach us a lot about BYU. I do like BYU's chances in this game, to be clear. I'll give you my score prediction in a little bit here on the podcast, but I think that the weather is going to favor the Cougars as well. San Diego State, they're in San Diego. There is a certain, uh, what, what do you call a mentality from where you grow up playing and where you play your college ball. San Diego is very nice weather. Utah, guys at BYU, you got to be tough to play in the weather that BYU faces sometimes, and tomorrow night is no exception to that. I think the Cougars should be favored in this game, and they are, and looking forward to seeing how BYU does. By the way, one other note for you guys, I think San Diego State is going to struggle offensively. I do like BYU's defense in this game. I think they are chomping at the bit to go out and prove, you know what, we're better than we showed against Coastal Carolina, and here's hoping that actually proves proves to become true in this game. Like I said, 8 o'clock kickoff on ESPN2. Looking forward to these two longtime former WAC and Mountain West rivals renewing acquaintances, and BYU obviously looking for some payback from last year's loss down there in San Diego. All right, we will get to my score prediction, some of my keys to the game here in just a little bit, but coming up here in just a moment, we're going to talk about BYU and Utah basketball with a good friend, a new host here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, a new venture that I'm involved with as well. Brian Brown from the Locked On Utes podcast is going to join me to talk about this game between the Utes and the Cougars. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. Love this company, guys. All Guard is the best company when it comes to your pest control needs, and I say that a lot, but I mean it sincerely. All Guard has been my pest control provider for the last, I think, what, two or three years now that I've known Seth with this podcast, and he's been nothing but the best, and I can tell you that there are thousands of people out there who agree with me. All Guard is a local company based in Utah County, but capable of servicing anybody up and down the Wasatch Front. Whether you're in the Davis-Weber County areas, all the way under Tooele County, Wasatch County, even down into Juab County, San Pete County, they can take care of you. That's what I love about this company. They can scale up or down to fit whatever you need. So give them a call anytime you need them, whether it's residential or commercial pest control. You can call All Guard Pest Control at 801-851-1812. That's 801-851-1812. Love this company. Check them out online as well if you'd like to do so. AllGuardPestControls.com. That's All Guard Pest Controls with an S. Or search them out on social media. They're real easy to find. And like I said, the best of the best when it comes to your pest control needs. That's All Guard Pest Control. Call them anytime, 801-851-1812, or check them out now at allguardpestcontrols.com. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, going to bring in a special friend now. And before you freak out, yes, he is a Ute. Yes, I am the co-host of a Utah podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Utes is just launching. I am bringing in my co-host to talk about this BYU-Utah game, and that is Brian Brown. Brian, what's up, my friend? Cougars and Utes together. What else could be happening in 2020, Jake? Nothing. That's it. (laughs) That's a very good point. A weird year all the same, but hey, we're getting together. We have a huge basketball game coming up tomorrow afternoon at the Marriott Center. 
Utah obviously has uh, bragging rights from last year's win up at the Huntsman Center. BYU obviously hoping to get some payback this year on their home court. Brian, give Cougar fans a little bit of an insight as to what to look for from this Utah basketball program. Well, I think most BYU fans will recognize a lot of the returning uh, players for the University of Utah this year. Um, Ryland Jones is back at the point guard position. Brandon Carlson manning the center. Timmy Allen outside on the wing. Uh, the newcomers to look for, uh, Alfonso Plummer, who did not play a lot early on in that game against BYU, but really emerged late in the year as a, a, a shooter and a scorer for the University of Utah. And obviously newcomer Pella Larson, uh, who... Uh, well, let's just say that I have plenty of, of ammunition in my pun gun for my guy Pella because he's okay. Pella good. There he's you Pella go. fun to watch. But this is a, a somewhat retooled Utah team that returns, you know, to to try and really reestablish a program that's that's struggled. Uh, so while you will recognize some of the old faces, there are some new ones that give the youth some new, interesting dimensions. So. I actually agree with you in the fact that I, I see Utah being a little bit of a retooled team, but BYU is in the exact same boat. They graduated seven seniors from last year's squad that looked like it was going to make a pretty deep run, everybody thought, in the NCAA tournament before it got canceled. Brought in some transfers, the likes of Matt Harms and Brandon Averett. Uh, brought in a highly touted freshman by the name of Caleb Lohner. Uh, Utah fans and BYU fans are still having arguments to this day about his departure from Utah and his arrival at BYU. You, but I feel like the relative, I guess what we'll call newcomer status for both of these programs with the roster turnover they both endured, Brian, should make for an interesting matchup between the two longtime rivals. Absolutely. And I think this is a little bit of a role reversal in some sorts. BYU has a lot of size and, and an advantage in the front court to where Utah maybe has a little bit more advantage in the back court. A little bit more speed, maybe some more experience, um, but it, it's it's Utah BYU. It's a rivalry um, that I think has always been uh, bubbling, whether it's been at priority number one or not, and and it's going to give us something exciting to close out the year with for sure. Yeah, so you mentioned uh, Pella Larson. I want you to express to BYU fans how excited Utah fans are about this young man. I obviously have seen him play a couple of times, of course, in the two games that Utah has played so far this year. He led them in scoring in the win over Idaho State earlier this week. I see a guy who is a potential, I, I think, a Pac-12, all-Pac-12 type of a player. It, it, what are you seeing from him so far during his, the early days of his career as a Ute? I think he's fit into the team seamlessly. You know, he, he has a skill set where he can do a lot of different things. He has great handles. He can shoot the basketball. He's a tremendous athlete and he's got great size for his position. He's a six, five combo guard. Um, he played up against grown men in Sweden before he came over to the university of Utah and he has an NBA size and style body. And so a lot of that stuff, leads to his ability to see the floor. Well, he makes the extra pass. Uh, you know, he is a guy who can get his own, but more, more importantly, he can make an offense run. And I think that's the biggest key for the university of Utah. You're going to see sometimes where he is kind of the backup de facto point guard in that respect. Um, his versatility, he can, go, he can go all the way down to the three, you know, we talked about the athleticism. He had a, nasty dunk against Idaho state where he really kind of showcased how much he can elevate 
he has the potential to be one of the better players that the University of Utah has had in the last few years. And and you combine that with the experience um, and, and and the defense and, and the versatility of uh, Timmy Allen, who can also bring the ball up, who can initiate the offense, who's a great mid-range scorer. Um, they bring a lot of, I think, excitement, but tempered excitement from the Utah fan base. Um, this is a very proud fan base, as BYU fans know, probably too proud at times. Um <laughs> And, and they have very high expectations for this team. And I think Larson has been an injection of, of hope for a fan base that has other, otherwise been pretty down. I think that a lot of BYU fans have looked at Utah for a while now and wondered, okay, is Larry Kriskoviak ever going to turn this thing around? Do you think that they have the guys now, speaking of the Utes, Brian, to get things turned around and really become one of the better teams in the Pac-12 and by extension elevate the play of basketball in this state? I think that Larry's found his groove. I think he's found the kind of players that he can coach. You know, he is a, a throwback coach in a lot of respects. When you talk to him about who his coaching idols and his coaching icons were, it's Jerry Sloan and Phil Jackson, you know, two guys that he played for in the NBA and has a great amount of respect for. And two guys that are, you know, while Phil gets all the credit for being a Zen, he was a nasty, tough guy on the basketball court as well. There's a reason why he had to have both hips replaced, you know, <laughs> And Jerry Sloan needs no, you know, no further description, especially amongst his fan base. And so he's gone overseas and found some players that are tough, that that emphasize with that, that 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 relate to his type of toughness. And he's got a guy in Ryland Jones who can initiate the offense. Timmy Allen, who stuck around, tested the NBA waters a little bit. Uh, Brandon Carlson, who, who uh, the kind of big man that Larry has had success with in the past, you know, all the way back to Jason Washburn, his first year, uh, Jakob Pertle, David Foster. There, there's a list of them. And, and there's one that I'm forgetting. I apologize. Um, but he's had a lot of success with those kinds of players. And so this team has that kind of makeup, but for the first time it has the versatility to deal with a variety of guys. And I think that is what really will help Larry reestablish himself with this program and build, build a contender. All right, Brian, uh, before I let you go, what will be the keys for Utah to make it two in a row over the Cougars? Like you and I talked about on the Locked on Utes podcast as well, it's it's going to be keeping BYU off the boards for the University of Utah. They, they need to be very tight on their rotations on the perimeter to make sure that that BYU offense doesn't start cooking early. And then they need to take care of the ball and score the, the basket. Bottom line, uh, this is a Utah team that in the past has had – gaps in the offense where they've gone up to six or seven minutes a game without scoring. And if that happens against a very potent BYU offense, it will sink this team. So, so those are my keys. You've got to be able to rebound the basketball. You've got to put the ball in the hoop. Thank you, Jim Boylan. And then you've got to be able to defend on the perimeter. Don't you show up here, here every once every two years, Brian, and talk about the Utes. How about that? <laughs> Jim Boylan references left and right. Well, Brian, thanks for taking some time to join me here on Locked on Cougars. I know that having a Ute on a BYU podcast and myself, most people think of me as a Cougar on a Ute podcast. You know what? We're having fun. The Locked on Utes podcast just launched here on the Locked on Podcast Network. So if you have Utah family or friends who are looking for a similar type of a format to what we have here on Locked on Cougars, check out Brian and myself this locked on use podcast is available everywhere that locked on cougars is available really easy to find and we're looking forward to covering all of the in-state teams now with the locked on jazz locked on cougars and the locked on use podcast thanks brian thank you jake
Big thanks to Brian Brown once again for taking the time to join us. Check out Locked On Utes if you'd like to learn more about the Utah football program. And before any of you call me a Benedict Arnold, don't worry. I ain't going anywhere. I'm doing both Locked On Cougars and Locked On Utes, and it's going to be a fun time. I know a lot about both of these programs with my day job in radio, working with DJ and PK, and you know what? Just trying to bring the best coverage to this state and to this market that I possibly can. I do like BYU's chances in this basketball game. I do think that they have a bit taste from last year's game. Those players that were in it, guys like Alex Barcelo, they want to go out and prove themselves and prove that, hey, we lost against Boise State, but we learned something about ourselves. I think this early part of the season for the BYU basketball program is a lot of the feeling out process, getting guys comfortable with rotations, making sure guys know where they need to be, when they need to be there, the rotations on defense, ball movement on offense. I think BYU's got a good chance playing on their home court against the Utes, but obviously this is a rivalry game and crazy things happen. We'll see what happens tomorrow afternoon, 4 o'clock on BYU TV if you want to watch that one. That's kind of a prelude to BYU and San Diego State in football later on tomorrow evening. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll give you some of my keys to the game for BYU and San Diego State in football. My score prediction, and of course, a couple other notes with regards to BYU athletics we haven't touched on quite yet this week, so still a lot to get to head on today's show. Today's podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Built Go. Guys, love this company. Built Go is the best when it comes to helping you break through whatever walls you face in your life. Whether they're mental or physical, Built Go is built for you. What I love about Built Go is it's easy to eat. It's a 1.5 ounce gel package that gives you the kick of the caffeine like a five hour energy, but also kicks in with the B vitamins to give you that long lasting energy without the crash feeling afterwards. Built Go it is the perfect complement to your diet. Whether you want to use it as a pre-workout, whether you want to use it as a dietary supplement to help you get through that mid-afternoon lull like I seem to run into with my early mornings with sports radio, they want to help you break through your walls. Go to BuiltGo.com to learn more about them now. That's BuiltGo.com. And while you're there, use the promo code LOCKED. That's L-O-C-K-E-D and get 20% off your next order. It's a great way to save some good money on one of the best products out there to help you break through your walls. Let's all do it. Let's break through those walls, whether physical or mental, and let's do it all with Built Go. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As we close things out here on a Friday edition of the podcast, one note for you guys, by the way, that I think is kind of being overlooked despite the loss in the Coastal Carolina game for BYU is the fact that BYU and Coastal Carolina actually put together the highest rated game since 2015 on ESPNU last week when they matched up as number 13 and number 18 in that game. And I Actually, it's really cool to see that. I do think that uh, BYU, a lot of this exposure out there has kind of been the thought, though, well, are they really getting the quote-unquote millions of people tuning in as they think they are? 
Well, when you have 1.5 million, I think is the number at its peak during this game between CCU and BYU. Uh, 1.212 million viewers. It's the fifth most viewed game on ESPNU of all time. It's the most viewed game since 2015, a Western Kentucky versus LSU matchup. It delivered a total live audience of 1.425 million viewers across all TV and digital platforms. So I tip my cap to BYU. Exposure is still there, even if BYU is on quote-unquote ESPN Junior or what you like to call ESPNU technically it's really cool to see and I'm glad BYU they're showing out and I actually have seen some other stories out there that the scheduling that BYU has put together with the Coastal Carolina game on short notice actually should become more of the norm in college football I'd be on board with that with programs leaving one or two weeks open during a season maybe in the latter half of it and saying okay who can we go get that can really bolster our chances in the national polls I think it would actually be a big-time boon to BYU scheduling if that were to come to fruition. But you know me and my belief in college football to change its ways is negligible. So it's a dream. be fun to have, but I don't expect it to happen. But, of course, we can talk about it, and it's cool to see BYU proving that stuff like what they did against Coastal Carolina, putting a game together on short notice and playing potentially the game of the year in the sport – It can be done, and that's really, really cool to see. All right, let's talk a little bit more about San Diego State and BYU, my keys to the game. Biggest key to this game for for myself is something I talked about earlier. It's stopping the run for BYU. The Cougars need to sell out to stop the run. Put eight men in the box if you have to. Bring Troy Warner down. Put a fourth linebacker on the field. Do whatever you have to do and make it so that San Diego State cannot run the football. If the Aztecs are able to run the ball, BYU is going to struggle just like they did against Coastal Carolina. And let's be clear, they only gave up 22 points to the Chanticleers. So in terms of points, BYU didn't do too bad. Yardage-wise, it wasn't great. 280 rushing yards for Coastal Carolina in that loss. You'd like to see that more in the 150 range in this type of a game against San Diego State. And allow your offense to have more time of possession. You can guarantee that San Diego State is thinking the same thing that Coastal Carolina thought. We need to hold on to the ball and have long, sustained, grinded out drives that keep BYU's offense parked on the sideline. BYU, if they can get the ball and maybe have it for about 30 minutes in this game, they're going to put up plenty of points. They'll win this game with ease, but that's the big key. Can they do that? I believe this team wants to go out and prove they're a good football program. Everything I've heard from coaches and players and people I have talked to off to the side this week, my quote-unquote sources around the program, say that this team is very much motivated to bounce back from the Coastal Carolina setback. It might be bluster. They may be making it up and saying the right thing into the mics, etc. But I do think BYU has the upper hand in this game, and I'm not alone in that. I think the ESPN uh Percentages index has BYU as over 80% winner in this game, and I think the Cougars should roll in this one. Slow down the run, avoid uh, long drives for San Diego State, and biggest key of all, just go out and regain that swagger you had offensively most of the year this year for BYU, and you should roll to a victory. I'm calling it right now, BYU 37, San Diego State 17, a 20-point win for the Cougars. Let me know what you guys think. Weigh in on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Search out Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed is Jacob C. Hatch, and also you can email the show with your predictions as well. The email address is LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. 
Com. All right, that's going to do it. We'll have a special edition late tomorrow night, probably early Sunday morning to recap what we learned from the San Diego State game. And of course, full editions are back on Monday as we look ahead to whatever's left in the college football season for BYU. Will they add a game? Maybe we'll find out by Monday, maybe not, but we'll have it all covered for you regardless right here on the Locked on Cougars podcast. A big thank you once again for your support each and every day with the podcast. Make sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and review as well and have a great rest of your day this has been the locked on cougars podcast for december 11th 2020 and we will talk to you guys soon Listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.